the amount of naivete by many founders thinking, oh, I can just launch this business, which I sort of said earlier, is astounding. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show an amazing founder of not one, but two different brands, Lynn Power. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to dive in. You've got such a fun history here. And then uh, you know, you're know, you a workaholic with launching two brands in the same year. And I can't yep. wait to dive all in there. But I guess quickly, uh, let's talk about the two brands. We got Masami and then we got Out of Nature. You know, let people know what types of products and like businesses that you're, uh, you're, you're building right now. Yeah, sure. And yes, I guess I am a workaholic. We'll talk more about that. And maybe, maybe, maybe you can do some counseling for me. I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, Masami is clean premium hair care. Um, we have a luxury sort of uh, a unique Japanese ocean botanical that makes our products really high performing. And we solve the number one hair issue, weightless hydration. Well, hydration, we just do it weightlessly, which is our unique um, weight you know, uh, offering. Um, and then my other business, uh, Ilda Nature, is a luxury beeswax candle business inspired by the island of Dominica. That's the whole story. But anyway. <laughs> awesome. So I know you didn't wake up back in 2020 and just go, I'm launching a direct-to-consumer brand. We should probably let the listeners know that you've kind of got a pretty cool history uh, in this industry. So where where do you want to take me back to in time? Where do you want to start this conversation? Well, you know, I actually um, fell into the advertising industry. Um, I actually wanted to go into the FBI. So that's just a little, a little fun fact. But here I am... Um, Launching DTC brands, kind of uh, pretty far removed from Clarice Starling, I'd say. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I spent 30 years in advertising and marketing and um, really loved it. And like I said, I, I fell into it. I didn't go to school for it. And I found that when I was running agencies, I often would hire people like me who really didn't study advertising um, and the reason I, I would do that is because it's such a quirky business in the sense of the logical things that people should do are almost never the things that people actually do. So you you always, you know, you, you have to be like really sort of open-minded and scrappy in the way you think about advertising because if everyone just followed the rules, everything would look the same. If you think about it, right. All the advertising would be the same. There'd be no, no campaigns that would like surprise and delight you. You know, if Dove followed industry conventions about beauty, they would have never launched real beauty, right. Never shown real women. So anyway, I think sometimes um, school or going, you know, studying a craft can teach you to stick in the lanes. I think uh, to that point, you know, the whole concept of best practices is it's like knowing enough to know when to break the rules. Yes. I'm a big believer in that because again, you follow the rules, they'll get you so far, but only so far. 
So anyway, that's that's my way of justifying the fact that I didn't have an advertising degree or really any reason to go into it other than I fell into it and I loved it. And uh, I was fortunate to work on amazing brands throughout my career. I mean, I've worked on virtually every category, but I did a lot of beauty. And that's the thing I kept coming back to and kind of hence why now my brands really are rooted in, I guess you could say, beauty and wellness. Um, and that just seems to be what I really love. Well, that's fantastic. Um, you know, I think that something that I see a lot is there's a lot of entrepreneurs online in various kind of states of their life and their careers, and everyone wants to be their own boss, right? They, everyone wants to launch a brand. Yes, Let's be real. Yes. like that's such a such a fun and exciting opportunity out there. Now, um, would you say that you would? I, I don't want to. There's no way I can't say this without it being a loaded question. It's like, do you believe that you know your history in the agency world? allowed for you to have a better outcome in launching your businesses? Well, look, I don't know if I have a better outcome, actually. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but it definitely prepared me for a lot of the things that founders, many founders that I talk to don't think about, um, like thinking about your brand and your values, you know, and making sure that your storytelling is consistent and making sure you have a content strategy and, you know, thinking through the customer journey and knowing that it's going to be like somebody's going to need to run into my brand seven times before they buy. Like there's so many founders that I talk to who are who are like, we launched three months ago. Why is it not super successful and flying off the shelves? And I just kind of like I'm like, seriously, like, wow, do you really believe that just because you put a product out there that people are just going to flock to it? But you, but the amount that actually do believe that it's shocking because they don't know anything about consumer behavior, advertising, marketing. The other thing I'll say is before I launched my businesses, I was actually doing some consulting and where I worked with a bunch of startups, a lot of tech startups. And the other problem I saw was these tech startups would fall in love with their product, like love, love, love their product, but not think at all about the brand. And so you'd start digging around to see what their presence looked like online and it would be a dog's breakfast because they weren't, you know, thinking about how it all hung together. They were just like putting out the latest cool feature. And that's a problem too, because then people have a hard time. It's too hard. Like you have to make it easy for your customers to know how to think about you. And when you make it hard and they have to piece things together, it's just too much work. So that's another problem. So, okay. So my background has helped me solve those problems, I, I guess you could say. Um, not all the other problems though. I mean, I definitely um, have learned a lot about things I did not know a ton about, including supply chain, shipping from China during a pandemic, um, uh, you know, formulations, um, Lots of those kinds of logistic things that um, are not where my brain naturally goes, but I've had to learn. Yeah, the creative side of launching a business is definitely where a lot of people want to hang out, but it's the yeah. boring side of it, uh, like your PL, that is where you actually end up spending most of your time and where a lot of your learnings need to be to kind of drive your business forward, understanding the things that, like, uh, your customers actually care about because then they'll actually buy it. And then you can actually have money to reinvest back in the business. <laughs> I know it seems so obvious, but you're right. It's just not the place that people want to spend time, including myself. Like I, 
I have to make myself go into those, you know, the Google analytics, Facebook analytics, look at, cause it's just not what I enjoy, but it's so important. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, you alluded to it a little bit. You launched in 2020, two separate brands, probably two little kind of two stories, but do you believe that kind of your go-to-market strategy that you launched that you used to launch those two brands just two years ago, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll about, be about three years from the launch of uh, the first brand. Do you think that those same strategies would work today? Um, yes and no. I mean, we launched thinking... So my hair care brand, we launched thinking that salons were going to be a big part of our business plan. And that was in February of 2020, which is... We launched at New York Fashion Week. And then like a month later, it's like, wait, what do you mean things are locked down in New York? And then salons were closed for a year, you know? So we basically had to really go back to the DTC playbook, which our brand is a DTC brand at heart. So it's like, we clearly were set up to do that, but we had to lean in even harder on, you know, the content strategy, our customer loyalty, like making sure that we had things in place to get our repeat purchase up um, and all those things. So I do think that those are like, to me, fundamentals. So launching today, you still need to think about all that stuff. That's not going to change. But I think the reality is today, most brands want to be omni-channel. Like I, w- I am much more comfortable being omni... I, I call it DTC plus, 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 um, because I don't think you can just be DTC. And the good news is it's a little bit easier now than it was in 2020. You know, there are more brick and mortar options. I launched a pop-up store with 32 other brands, by the way, while I was going through all this other other stuff. Um, and the reason for doing that, we launched in April of this 2022, was to have more presence, right? Like have people be able to interact with our products, be us being able to interact with the customers, having conversations, real conversations, not just like in the chat, you know? So that's been fantastic. But I think that um, is where people are going to want to go is find as many of those touch points as possible. Hey there, Merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. Struggling to get your Merchant Center ads approved but keep running into a price mismatching error? Wondering how your competitors are showing reviews, price, delivery, and product availability directly in search results? What if there's a way to get more traffic without fighting for rankings? Well, that's where Jason LD for SEO comes in. It's an app that gets you more organic traffic to your Shopify store, qualifying you for over a dozen search enhancements, and 
provides all of the structured data you need for a merchant center. JSON-LD for SEO automatically adds the structured data needed and it's updated regularly as the rules change by Google. It's a hands-off SEO app that you don't need to monkey around with to get working. It's the safest, easiest, and most effective way to stand out from your competitors in search results. Contact us to get your free structured data audit for your store. Find Jason LD for SEO in the Shopify app store to get started. That's J-S-O-N-L-D for SEO, or go to J-S-O-N-L-D now with with kind of I guess taking the, the flip side of that question, were there any tactics that you tried that you've kind of figured out after the fact weren't really worth it? Facebook ads. <laughs> I mean, yes, there and I say that laughing because I still do them, but I hate them. I feel like you have to do them as sort of a necessary evil, but they really don't work. Um, and when I say they don't work, like I have tried three or four different consultants. I've had numerous calls with the Facebook experts. You know, it's it's just really difficult, I think, when you don't have a lot of money because we're bootstrapped. We don't have outside investments. So when you're a small brand, to get your ROI to be competitive is very challenging. Um, so like for us, the places that have been better have been things like Google, Pinterest, believe it or not, because you can get a lot of eyeballs and generate traffic to your site. And then what I started doing is using Facebook just to retarget the Pinterest people, because at least it was like it had a purpose. Um, but I still hate it. <laughs> it's such a difficult and expensive uh, route to take to launch a brand specifically on paid ads. And we've talked about it on the podcast a few times now. And... Uh, most of the brands that made it work were people that were ex Facebook buyers at agencies that like knew how to do mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and understood the investment and had that kind of financial backing. It, you know, it's not only is it the targeting, but it is it's the volume of your spend, which is usually um, something that most you know bootstrap brand that you just can't get around that. If you cannot afford to play at the level that you need right. to to hit those numbers, you just you kind of have to find a different solution to kind of get that traffic and to build the brand. Yeah. And it is interesting because the Facebook experts, the number one recommendation is always spend more. And I'd be like, well, I'd spend more if I was getting the ROI, then I'd feel comfortable spending more. And they'd go, but you can't get the ROI unless you spend more. And it would be this chicken and egg discussion. And I just finally said, you know what? I have to find other places. It's just... Yeah, it is frustrating. And, and, you know, when people ask me my opinion on it, I'm like, honestly, you'd build a way better brand if you did no paid advertising before you sold a million dollars worth of product. If you could figure that out, you're you're going to have a home run. So that's a better challenge, in my opinion. To, and that's what I tell a lot of brands to do. Um, but, you know, obviously, it, it, basically what it comes down to, it, all advertising, in my opinion, is gasoline. Yeah. But if you don't have a fire to pour it on, you're just... <laughs> pouring gas on the ground. It smells bad. <laughs> like You're not going to see anything happen. I like that analogy a lot. You're so right about that. You have to have something that people want to begin with. And I think the currency these days is community, right? So like mm -hmm. being able to build a community and have people talk about your brand. So you're not the one talking about your brand. I mean, that's gold. Um, and that's, I think, was one of the sort of blessings and curses of COVID is that we did focus on our customers and that did help us get more traction. 
Oh yeah, that's I think the number one uh, thing that I've heard from. Uh, you, I don't know how many founders I've interviewed so far. Over a hundred, right? And it's always there was some sort of, sort of at the beginning, they were having conversations with customers about their product, about their offer, about what their customers wanted to see, and it was you know it was something that w- wouldn't scale. And you can tell that the people that put in that work, they they're building some crazy cool businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it okay. Let's let's be real though. It is not easy. You know, it's it's not for the faint of heart. Um, the amount of naivete by many founders thinking, "Oh, I can just launch this business," which I sort of said earlier, is astounding. It really is, and it's like no, it's a lot of work, and it is a grind, and it's day in day out. So you just have to mentally prepare yourself for that because. If you're not going into it knowing like that is what you're signing up for, it's not going to work. You know what? I, I, I still though I think that 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 naivete like that not knowing how much hard work it is lowers the barrier of entry for some people, and then they they've just that sunk cost fallacy at that. It's like sink or swim, and you know some people will figure it out. Yeah. Um. You know, the the name of the podcast, Honesty Commerce. I tell everyone it's hard. And people still won't believe me, and they go out and they'll do it. But you know, I think I gotta respect the people that just ignore, you know, what other people are saying. They're like, "I'm gonna do it anyway." I, I gotta respect that. Yeah, I, I do too, absolutely. Um, but where I where I kind of scratch my head is when when you have those people and they just are looking for the silver bullet, right? Because they just oh yeah, that's right. Like they assume that there's something I'm doing, some little trick, and I'm like, no, it's these. 50 things I'm doing, you know, your you brand, can't... it's your offer, it's your customer, yes. your targeting, it's your bundling. You know what I mean? It's all of it. It's not just this one little trick that I just flipped a switch on Instagram and it suddenly my business took off. Like, and that's what people think. And it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really fun world to be in though. Once you start to, to learn these things, you start to piece them together for brands and what, and it, you know, and that kind of gets to that point of, you know, in my opinion, like brands are usually working on finding product market fit between like zero and a million dollars. It's kind of like where I draw the line in the sand, right? And a lot of that comes down to is just like, what do you? How do you want? How does your customer think about your product in regards to the solution you're trying to solve? And it's that's just a big. You got to scramble some things around. It's always the same result. It's your product, but how you're presenting it is oftentimes different. Um, and you know, it's. A lot of long weekends and, and sleepless nights trying to figure out, like trying to crack that code. But I'll tell you, once you do crack that code, it makes the next step of like kind of scaling your business just infinitely funner and more fun and probably a little bit easier because, like, now you know the language that your customers want and you know where those customers are hanging out. And you can start to, you know, you know product market fit, I would be like, is getting that once that fire started, you've kind of figured it out. And now you can get into these more scalable, you know, paid solutions or, or whatever avenue you want to take for your marketing and advertising. It doesn't have to be paid. I know a lot of brands that are really pulling back on their paid these days. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Direct response is always just like the Yes. Uh, uh, you know, humans are impatient. They want that direct response. And that's that's really what the paid gives a lot of people. And and we become more impatient too, I feel like. So yeah, people people want everything yesterday. Um, so there's that that part of it. So you you do have to think about the whole the whole thing. If you're if you are a, a founder of a physical product, it's like you got to think about your shipping strategy, your return strategy. How do you make that 
painless for people. Um, you know, all those those different parts that can derail people if they don't get it fast enough, you know, then they get antsy. So yeah. Awesome. So we're recording this at the end of 2022. Uh, Black Friday is three days from now. I can't believe Lynn gave me her time right now. Um, <laughs> but like, what's top of mind for, for your brands right now? What are you guys going to be working on, you know, at towards the end of the year coming into 2023? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, obviously, Black Friday is an exciting time for us. Busy. Um, and we launched our Black Friday sale last night. Well, really, yeah, m- midnight. Because we we started to see all. It's like it's like all the um, holiday. You know, people would put out their holiday stuff earlier and earlier every year. It's kind of like that with Black Friday. We saw all these other beauty brands starting to launch their Black Black Friday sales last week, and we're like, oh shit, maybe we got to do that too. So anyway, so. That's Black Friday, but um, but moving into next year, I'm really looking at um, leveraging the Conscious Beauty Collective more, which is this this group of indie beauty and wellness brands that I put together. We're going to be moving. We're at the Natick Mall outside of Boston now, but we're going to be moving probably to Dallas or Houston in the spring. There for a few months, but beyond just the pop up store, we're doing a whole bunch of other cool things together. We're co-exhibiting at trade shows. We're doing marketing, like direct mail pieces, giveaways, um, just a whole bunch of other things to try to pool our scale and resources. So that's been really exciting because it was this realization that, you know, as as a small brand, like, you know, I have, as Masami, I think 30,000 Instagram followers, roughly. But as the Conscious Beauty Collective, we have like 750,000. So suddenly that starts to make a dent and we can leverage that that scale because otherwise it's really hard to compete with the big brands. Watch just like a bug, you know? Yeah. And, and to kind of unpack that a bit for our listeners, you know, the, the types of things that you're doing, it, it, it's co-marketing at the end of the day. And you're, yes. you know, either your brand or other brands within your collective, um, from my understanding, are, you know, like that direct mail piece. I'm assuming that you're sending out one piece of mail that has two brands or maybe more on it to both audiences to both try to a make some more money from the direct response sides but to be more importantly just to grow the audiences with similar like products yeah i mean the whole idea of connecting with like-minded brands that share your values is is great it's really helped us grow organically and find the right customers so it really is about getting your brand exposure to other customers. And how do you do that? Well, if you can find another brand that has customers that you think will like your product too. So even things like, you know, gift with purchase exchanges. So we started giving away samples from other Conscious Beauty Collective brands with any... That's awesome. Yeah. any Anyone that buys from Masami will get a sample from another brand thrown in there, you know? Um so and vice versa. So just that kind of stuff, I think, is is really been effective. Um, it's really helped us grow our email list and, and our audience. And, and I was doing a lot of that when we launched, but more one-on-one, like I was doing these, um, giveaways and blogs and live streams, but like with one brand at a time. And when I, last year I was going through breast cancer actually. And I, I was sitting there having my chemo treatment and I realized, wait a minute, if I could scale that. And not just be doing it one-on-one because it's really working. But like, how can I do like 30 and not just one? And that's how this idea of the pop-up store was born. 
because now I have all these brands collaborating, not, not just a couple. So that's what I'm working on next. But um, I got to just, to your point, add gasoline to that because we already have a little flame going. And so I just want to maximize that. And in a perfect world, if I had my way, I would have some of the founders, the other founders that are part of it, launch their own pop-ups under the Conscious Beauty Collective brand um, in other locations. So it's not just me doing one at a time, but it's a crap ton of work. <laughs> so um, I don't know how many other founders have the uh, the stomach for doing that, but um, we'll see. Maybe I can convince a couple of them to try it. Absolutely. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and, and sharing all of these insights with us. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you want to share with the audience? Boy, there's so many things we could talk about, but I think you covered you covered the big stuff, which I think is probably the most valuable for people. But look, I'm always willing to go really deep into anything marketing, tactics, branding, beauty, clean beauty, why clean beauty, any of that stuff. So if anybody wants to hit me up for more specifics, I'm always open to that. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include your contact information and the brands that we've mentioned today, uh, all in the show notes. Lynn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. That was really fun. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.